Welcome back to the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andy Tempty. On the Balancing Act, we talk to business leaders and industry experts to explore the balancing acts we play in our professional lives, learn about the events that put rocket boosters behind their career success. Today, we have Simon Severino joining us. Simon is a business and sales strategy advisor and is author of Strategy Sprints, 12 Ways to Accelerate Growth for an Agile Business. Welcome to the show, Simon. Hey, Andrew. Hey, everyone. Happy to be here. Yes. So, Simon, before we get started, I ask all my guests this question. Please tell our listeners your story. Oh, my story is pretty, pretty simple. It's 21 years that I do only one thing, and uh, it's helping, helping entrepreneurs with sales. We go to market, how to enter a market, stay in the market, and expand from there. My journey was a very long one. I started as a shrink and I, I, I was pretty bored with listening to, you know, the, the, the dreams uh, of the past. And I said, what about your current day? What about after this session? And then they started telling me about their entrepreneurial stuff. And I was much more interested in that part. And so I realized, huh, I am, I'm in the wrong setting here. And so I looked for uh, other settings and I realized, wow, this coaching thing, that's, that's my world. And so since that day, I've closed my, my shrink office, I've sold it. And every day since that day, 21 years, I've been tackling big sales problems, how to enter a market, stay in the market, expand the market. And that's what I love doing. Turns out, now, afterwards, looking backwards, that 80% of a sales uh, coach is actually the listening skills, the psychology skills, understanding buyer psychology and market psychology. And so in the end, it all makes sense. The journey was confusing and, and like a labyrinth. But now if you look backwards, the, the dots connect. Yeah, psychology is such an important part of uh, business uh, in sales, in operations, strategy, uh, just run finance, run, it runs the gamut. Uh, Simon, if you had to pick one event in your life that was that key accelerant to your career, what would that moment be? You know, I, when I started, when I was in, in a large uh, advisory, I, I wanted to become partner. And, you know, I was promoted three, four, five times, and I was ready to become partner. When you do that, that's a big decision. It's like basically like a marriage decision. You decide to, to commit to something that's 10 years, 15 years with other equity holders. So you really talk to each other like before a marriage, like what's our values, what's the direction, what's the strategy here. And what happened is my dream was to become a partner, but the other partners, they wanted to go north and I wanted to go south. It became a terrible fight, right? A 50-50 chance fight. And so it, was, it felt terrible but it became the best thing that ever happened to me because I had to let go of my dream of becoming a partner in an established uh, consultancy. 
that dream was gone because you cannot move forward and marry somebody who wants to go north if you want to go south. Right. You don't do that. Don't do that. And so I had to let go of that dream. Turns out now, years later, that was the best thing that could happen to me because I was forced to look into the mirror and say, hey, if you want to go south, you have two choices here. Either you start going south or you find other southerns and wait for a co-founding opportunity. Uh, I didn't wait. Uh, I just started and I accepted that my journey is to go south and I started that. That's wonderful. Hey, so Simon, tell us about strategy sprints. Uh, in the there, there's a sea of revenue growth focused consulting firms out there. What sets uh, your firm apart? There are many, and and many are wonderful. What I was missing uh, when I moved to being an entrepreneur. Because a consultant, you're always the smart guy and you always think that you know what to do and you tell them what to do and then you wonder why are they not doing it. Now I was on the other side and I was humbled because I felt on the other side, oh my God, that's why they don't do it. They have so many moving parts. They are the IT department, the marketing department, the sales department. They have all these moving parts and they don't have one operating system. So they're always in chaos and always fighting a spontaneous fire that pops up somewhere. It's like fire, fireman. And so I was humbled. And at the same time, I was looking for a coach to help me sort, sort out all the things. Long story short, what I actually needed, I didn't find. So what I actually needed was somebody who is like Jarvis to Iron Man. So if I'm in action, I need somebody in real time that says, all right, wait a moment, before you kick the left door, let me check the right door. Oh, I made a quick analysis. Kick the right door. It's better for you. Because the person in action doesn't have the time to collect the information, reflect on the information, build an assumption, test the assumption. You are in action. So you are immersed in listening, understanding, building. You need a support structure. You need somebody who has the time to do analysis. You need somebody who has the time to create tools, processes, templates, swipe copies, for example, competitive analysis. And so when I was looking for people, I would find specialists in each field, but I did never find a generalist, somebody who says, yes, I can be your Jarvis because I know marketing, I know sales, I know operations, I know how to hire, to fire, and to lead. So what, what we do at Strategy Sprints is we are the Jarvis. For 90 days, we are in your corner. As long as you are committed to your goal, which is usually the goal of doubling revenue in 90 days or to increase profits by better organize. As long as you are committed to your goal, we are 100% in your corner. We are Jarvis 24-7. Since we are in different time zones, we can actually be there 24-7 because mm. we have Europe and we have the US. And so somebody is always available. And we have built the tools that are always on. They work on your phone because that was the second thing that I was missing. Something that works wherever I am. I'm in a cab. I am waiting for an elevator. That's when I have time to think, to decide, to reflect. Let me use those three minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes that I have 
waiting in an airport hall. And so it must work on your phone because the phone is the only thing that we have always with us. And so we've built it so that it works on the phone. It's 274 tools in real time. That's what, this is what I was missing. And so I built it for us and now we are sharing it with our clients. That's, that, that's great. So you, uh, I, I assume that your book, uh, the, your, your book uh, outlines all of this for us, right? Yes, the book is the basic chapters are how to market, how to set up your sales process, your client delivery process, we call it operations, and then how to hire and how to fire and how to lead. It's like a cookbook. Each chapter is exactly our checklists. And one example from our clients, and it's actually our clients telling how they went through the challenge, what they tried, what didn't work, and then how they had their breakthrough using the method. So each chapter is like a cookbook and I have it here on my desk and I usually, uh, I, I literally, if my, my marketing doesn't work, I go back to the marketing chapter, open it up and go, oh, which step did I, did I skip this time? Oh, it's step four because I always think that I'm smarter than my own systems. And so I try to jump, uh, uh, to cut corner, jump, uh, jump over one step, skip one step. And it usually doesn't work. So I have to go back to fundamentals and do it properly. And then it works. And I'm happy that it's, it's, it's helpful for, for so many people that right now it's getting um, translated in Chinese and will come out in, in China next summer. That's wonderful. Uh, so let's uh, let's ask the balancing act question uh, and focus on entrepreneurs. You've been teaching business strategy, advising CEOs on how to drive growth for uh, well over ten years. What's the most important balancing act that an entrepreneur must consider before diving into a new opportunity? It's risk reward, and specifically around timing. Because we always underestimate what we can do long-term via compounding effects. And we overestimate what we can do short-term, like in a week, in a month, in a year. But if you think 15 years, it compounds. And so how do you use the compounding effect? By entering early. But what is the problem with entering early? That's high risk because if you take more time to analyze, you might get to a point where you know exactly what's happening and then you have more precision, less risk, but you don't have any compounding effect because now it's too late. First of all, your competitor might have eaten your lunch already and dominated that market. <laughs> then it's too late. They have a moat, you're late. Right. So risk reward is all about timing. How early can I get in? without knowing the full picture, but knowing enough that I accept to take that risk because I will be early in, I will be learning about the client, the situation, the market, the product more than my competitors. And that learning will compound because I will be building little systems, little modules that over time create my moat, my competitive advantage because I was there first. I know more about that specific um, client, segment, market, or product or service. And so I am one step ahead from our competitors. But to enter, 
you have to this balance risk reward because if you enter too late you might have reduced risk but you are not compounding right right so uh simon we're going to take a really quick break for a commercial and we'll be right back Hi, I'm Andy Tempty. Over the past 35 years, I've learned a lot about business leadership and I'd like to share those lessons with you. Ask yourself, how do I create an effective, sustainable management operating system? How do I design smooth workflows to better serve the customer? How do I balance organizational trust with accountability the Balanced Business describes the practical, step-by-step -step process you need to answer these questions. Order your copy today, wherever books are sold. And we're back with Simon Severino talking about the world of revenue growth and business strategy. As a business leader, and I'm talking about myself here, I've been frustrated in the past with pitches from business consultants who would promise the sun, the moon, and the stars. Just sign with me and revenue will take off like a rocket. So let's suppose, let's run a little thought experiment. You have a CEO sitting in front of you right now. What advice do you have for them to cull through all the noise and make the best decision possible when they're looking to secure somebody like you, a revenue-focused business partner? Two steps. First, sit down Greenfield with yourself before you even talk to any of those. Sit down and really write down what you need. Like my list was... I need real-time support. I need somebody who has actually hired and fired and scaled something because that's what I need to do. And so that was my list of must-have criteria and then some nice-to-haves. But I had my list. This is what I'm looking for. Then I started to go for options. Okay, I will Google around. I will listen in podcasts that I trust. I will ask influencers that I trust. Um, I will ask in my masterminds, in my network, people that I highly trust options. And then I would start having calls with those people and getting some offers. When you're in that stage, don't trust them because as you say, they can promise anything if they're good salespeople. So don't trust, verify. Go through the list of testimonials. Are they in your industry? Did it solve the problem that you need to solve? Are they using the words that you want to use in the end? If they say, you know, this helped my sales time get reduced by 45%. And on your list, it says, I want to reduce my sales time. Well, then you have found what you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, great, great advice. Uh, and it is, uh, uh, um, from my own experience, it is a very, very frustrating process. So thank you for uh, adding a bit of clarity there. Uh, Simon, we talk a lot about skills on this show. Uh, let's run another thought experiment. Uh, suppose you have a prospective future workforce participant, a, a university graduate sitting right in front of you right now, who's interested in the field of sales, revenue management, What's the most important skill that they should hone to break through as a sales professional? We train salespeople. And, and one thing that we do is record their, their sales calls and also giving them feedback. We also help them 
understanding what the eight steps of a sales call are. And if you see this yellow pyramid, that's literally what we are looking at every day. And so even me after 21 years of this, I'm still looking at my yellow pyramid, not jumping any steps and having that helpful structure so that I can be fully natural, but I can double check if I'm missing something. It's like, it's like a checklist. It, even if you are an amazing doctor, when you operate, you want your checklist to be that support, that quality insurance. Doesn't mean that you're a bad doctor. You're just doing your best. And so that you can be in the moment with what happens. You don't have to think about the checklist. It's there for you. And so the first thing is record your sales call. And there is this beautiful little plugin that we use. It's telling you how, how much talking time you have in percentage. We want our people to be below 30%. So ideally, 27, 28, 29% of your talking time when you are the salesperson. Ideally, you are 70% listening. And that tool helps you because the natural tendency is to explain, explain, explain. But that's not helpful because the core skill that you have to learn is listening. And the reason is, I say this as a shrink, the reason is the situation is risky for the buyer. They are at risk, risk of losing money, losing time, losing image, reputation. That's a high risk situation. So in every moment of the sales call, your job is to create safety, to create buyer safety. Right now, in terms of it's a professional process, you tell them what's going to happen, how many minutes, what are the stages, and you will keep that. Uh, you will say what you do and you will do what you say. That's one way of creating safety. The second is 70% listening so that you actually help them take the best decision. And so, so yeah. when we train them, the first two things are a professional uh, process, eight steps, and then recording and having, uh, having a coach, having a supervisor, and having also that little plugin that tells you, oh, I'm at 29%. It's time to shut up now. That, that is uh, that is wonder, wonderful advice. Uh, what, uh, you know, some people just don't belong in sales. Uh, how, as you're training somebody, what are some of the signals that you see that tells you, yeah, this person just, you know, there there's a different career path for this individual. And how do you coach them toward that different career path? Because I've seen a lot of salespeople who who would be much better off doing something else than uh, being in sales? <laughs> That's a fun question. And there are a school of thoughts around that. I don't have any philosophy around that. I'm training salespeople all the time. And I'm coaching people who don't identify themselves as salespeople all the time. And they're amazing at sales, but they hate sales. And they would never call themselves <laughs> a salesperson. If you look at amazing engineers... They just do their work. They solve problems. And people ask them, they say, hi, how would you do this? Should I decide A or B? Those people are actually influencers and they're getting asked. So they are a good salesperson. They just right. don't identify as a salesperson. So if you ask me, if 
<laughs> I have three kids. So if, in, if this weekend I want to go mountain biking with them, for me, that's a sales challenge. So even if I'm not in sales, but I have just three people that I want to influence, like my kids, <laughs> Monday is I have to start with marketing. Mm, the weather might be good. Um, <laughs> what is it <laughs> that you'd like to do if the weather is good? As I start, you know, yeah, I, I, there are pictures emerging in their head. And then on Wednesday, I will start, you know, going through options. Mm, we could do some water stuff or some forest stuff or mountain stuff. And so bit by bit, that's a sales funnel right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Simon, thank you for that. So, you know, I asked the question, I think I asked the question, uh, maybe uh, pointed it in the, in the wrong direction because you're absolutely right. Everybody is a salesperson, whether you're sale, selling your your time, your talent, uh, whether you're selling a product, a good or a service, uh, and I, you know, that's a lesson that I learned uh, during during my career. I was pushing back on sales. I did not want to be in sales and marketing at all, and then I realized, wow, that's that's all I'm doing all day. I better I better get a lot I better get a lot better at this. So lifting everybody's sales experience uh, really should be the goal, not having people move out of uh, that, uh, out, out of that function because we're all, we're all in sales. Thank, thank you so much. Hey, so uh, Simon, run another little thought experiment. I'm going to put you in a time machine. Uh, you can send a message to an earlier version of yourself. What's the message and what previous version of yourself do you choose to send it to? Yeah, it's back to the risk-reward thing. I would say, hey, Simon, you have much more time than you think. And you can accomplish much bigger things than you imagine. The only thing is, you have to start early. So even if you don't know the end, whatever your big dream is, start now. Think big and act every day because you have 50 years. You can achieve anything in 50 years. Just do a little bit every day. Yeah. Persistence is, was, was certainly uh, something that, uh, that, that helped me out uh, tremendously in my career, coming back to a problem uh, from multiple angles, not giving up, knowing when to pivot, of course, uh, and adjust, but uh, staying, staying the course, uh, persisting and doing something every day. Thank you for that. Simon, uh, final question. What's next for you? Uh, what's next for Strategy Sprints? And where can people find you? So we are a franchise. Uh, people can find us at strategiesprints.com. If I can help them uh, with sales, with market entry, we are, we are, we're good at that. We're happy to help. Just go to strategiesprints.com. And what's next for us is since our method and our book is coming out in Chinese now and we are a franchise, so we are, we are established in the US and in Europe, but now with the book coming up in China, 
I am getting ready to understand the lay of the land, the culture, the people, and welcoming the chance to onboard some franchisees in Taiwan, in Hong Kong, in mainland China, and Singapore. And um, I'm excited about that because I know nothing about the region. I've been there for three projects in total. So I know nothing. And it's, I come with a beginner's mind. I'm super curious and there will be lots of opportunities there. So if you're listening and you're in Taiwan, Hong Kong, mainland China, and you are an entrepreneur, happy to talk. Excellent, excellent. Well, Simon, it was wonderful having you on the show. I, we wanna keep watching uh, your business and your career progress. Uh, thank you so much for being on today's show. Thanks, Andrew, for showing up with persistence for your community. Yes. And my name is Andy Tempting. Find us on all the major podcast services. Uh, this episode was produced by Nick Tempty. Please like, subscribe, rate, and most importantly, share this important resource with your network.